I can promise you that life can bring tragedy, that you can have heartache and disappointment. But I promise you that if in that time you decide to turn to God and not away from God, you'll grow and you'll benefit. I guess when things happen that you are distraught over, you have an opportunity to get bitter or to get better. And I have spent too much money trying to look good <laughs> to end up bitter. I'm still trying and it's getting harder every day. But this is a special occasion for me because it was really through the illness of my little grandson that I learned to trust God in a new and different way. And to believe that he would turn something that was so tragic into something so wonderful. And you know, I've written a book and Sam's written a book and we've both written books and in all of our books we have put what we learned through those days. And this, this young man has been such a joy to us. And he's here today for the first time. <laughs> he's never heard his grandma speak. And every time I go somewhere, I always talk about what I learned through his illness. And every time I go back, people say, how's Gil? <laughs> We've been praying for Gil. And so I've asked our cameraman to focus Gil. Gil, stand up. Where is he? Right here. <laughs> Thank you, Gil. Because everybody says, I want to know how Gil's doing. And they see, when people see the video, they can see him for themselves. Thank you, Gil. I know I'll get killed later. <laughs> I didn't dare tell him I was going to do that. He'd have been home by now. <laughs> now, we've talked about the problems and we've talked about the provisions. And so today we want to talk about how to overcome the problems and enjoy the provisions. And we want to start with a verse in Romans, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. That verse says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, if you don't start here, you don't start. And I think this is where, really, the rubber meets the road. Because we're all like sheep and we want our way, we, we are hesitant to commit our life to somebody. We aren't sure what it will involve. We aren't sure what will happen to us or what will be required and expected of us. And that's why you have to know the character of God before you are willing to submit your life to Him. Just think about the fact that, that if He's your shepherd, you shall not want. <laughs> Just think about the fact that He leads you to green pastures. He leads you beside still waters. Think about the fact that He restores your soul. I'm not sure everybody knows what that means, but your soul is the seat of your personality. It contains your mind, your will, and your emotion. And you start by learning 
something new. And that's how God works in your heart, when you learn what he has to say. And then you think about it, and you, by an act of your will, you decide to obey it. And when you do that, then you feel better. Your emotions are involved. And so he wants to restore your soul. He wants to, he wants to teach you some things. Now, your soul is how you communicate with others. Your spirit, you communicate with God, and your soul is how you communicate with others. And if you want to be a better communicator, and if you want to get along with others better, you let God restore your soul. But you know the verse that really just gets me is the last verse in the 23rd Psalm. It says, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is that not incredible? But I've often realized that we are focusing so on the future. You know, how are we going to get through the day or tomorrow, the next day or next year? And we don't think that coming along behind us is goodness and mercy. <laughs> Let me tell you, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life if you're following the shepherd. And then, on top of that, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a promise that is. Now, the verse says, I beseech you, brethren. Paul writes to the church in Rome, and he says, I urge you. Because of what you've learned, the therefore is there for something. And it means because of who he is, and his character, and his promises, and his word, I urge you to commit your life to Him by His mercies. You see, it isn't my strength. <laughs> it isn't up to me. It's by His strength that I am able to do that. Now, you have to start here. You have to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you control my life every day for the rest of my life. Now, you invite Christ to come into your life once. You know, I, was re I really didn't like the words born again. I thought that was, oof, that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. People in my society didn't say that. <laughs> but when I came across it in the Bible, I began to think about what does it really mean? And, and having had children, I know what it means to be born. You see, when you're born, you get life. And you get the life of your parents. Uh, my name was Avant because my dad's name is Avant. My children's name is Peoples because their dad's name is Peoples. But the Bible says that life is not good enough for him. <laughs> You've got to have another one. You've got to have his life. And that's why you have to decide if you want to invite Jesus Christ to come into your life and give you the life of God, and then you have two lives in you. You have your life and you have His life. And you decide which one is going to control you, and there seems to be a war going on. Because you want to do the things you want to do, and sometimes they are contrary to the things He tells you to do. And so by an act of your will, you make a choice. I'm going to do what He says, even if I don't want to, because it's right and it's good. Now that's where you start. And that's the, that's the least you can do. That's what the verse says. It says that is your reasonable service. But listen to the next verse. 
I love this. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I want to help you understand what those two words mean. And listen carefully, because the word conformed means to change due to outside pressure. You should not let anybody pressure you to change, nor should you pressure anyone else to change. I will never forget when my friend Henry Brandt said to me, your child's attitude is none of your business. <laughs> I almost fainted. I said, what do you mean his attitude is none of my business? And he said, I mean his attitude is none of your business. I said, you mean I'm going to sit here and let my kid have a bad attitude? And he said, what do you intend to do about it? I said, I'll whoop him. <laughs> and he said, is that going to change him? And I said, well, I hope so. If he doesn't, I'll put him in his room. I used to put him in his room. He'd climb out the window. <laughs> is that going to make him change? Well, I don't know, but I'll just keep on until I get him to change. He said to me, You'll get him to fake it, but you don't know whether you'll get him to change. He said, you see, if you put so much pressure on him to change, he'll act nice to get you off his case. And you'll never know anything about your child. He said, you see, everybody's heart is God's business, and your child's heart is God's business. Now, as a parent, you're responsible to see what he does, but not the way he does it. He can do it mad or he can do it glad. That's his business, but your job is to make him do it, and that's discipline. I remember one time I told Mark to go cut the grass, and he said, why do I have to always cut the grass? I always have to cut the grass. Sam never cuts the grass. I'm sick of cutting the grass. I said, Mark, I'll tell you what. You can cut the grass mad or glad. I don't care. Just cut the grass. Do you believe he went out there and cut the grass? I'll never forget a hot summer day. He came in with his baseball cap on, perspiration all over him. And he said, hey, Mom, it looks good, doesn't it? <laughs> he was proud of himself. He kicked the door when he went out to cut it. And there's no telling what he said to me. <laughs> I was glad I didn't hear it. It was under his breath. You see, you're to be transformed. Now, what does that mean? That means to change on the inside with no outside pressure. There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. And what freedom it is when you allow God to change you on the inside, but then when you allow God to change others on the inside. Now, what is our responsibility to each other? Well, I think our responsibility is to teach. Uh, you don't have to get up here like I'm doing. You don't have to write a book. You don't have to make a tape. But you can share what you learn with others. And it's great that it says by the renewing of your mind. That's what it's all about, see? It's the renewing of your mind. And that is the most difficult thing to renew. <laughs> I remember when we went to the Philippines, the biggest shock we had was finding out that in the, in the language there, there was no a word for appointment. Not a word. Now, think about it. Take yourself out of this structured uh, culture and put yourself over there. Uh, if you want a doctor's appointment, you, you just go to the doctor. 
Uh, you ask someone to come to your house, they'll come if they can. And I thought Sam was going to go crazy because when he practiced dentistry, he had appointments and you weren't kept waiting in his lobby. If your appointment was at 10 and he didn't put you in his chair at 10, his girl got a lecture. Now, don't you think that God took Sam to the Philippines to teach him something? <laughs> and it was a hard lesson to learn. And he got over there and he said, I'll tell these, I'm going to straighten up these people. You know, I'm the director of the Lay Training Center, and if I say we meet at 8, we meet at 8. They drug in about 10. <laughs> Sam gave them his usual lecture. They didn't even listen, because they didn't understand. And one day he came home and he said, you know, there are four million of these people and one of me. Who's going to change? <laughs> and it was really hard and it is difficult. And I look out and I see most of you uh, already set in your ways. You already have established a pattern of the way you think. And I want to be the first to tell you it's not easy to change the way you think. But it's necessary if you're going to give God an opportunity to change you on the inside. And I can't stress how wonderful it is when your insides match your outside. <laughs> when you don't have to act, you can be you. What's inside can come out. If it can't come out, you need to be quiet and go get it straightened out with the Lord. Now what will the results be? Incredible what these verses say. You will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, that you will prove? And that's what I'm telling you, see? When you decide to start here and say, I'm going to let you control my life, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to commit my life to you, or if you've never asked Him into your life, if you ask Him into your life today, you ask Him to come in and be your Savior. And then you, then you say, now I want you to guide me and lead me. I've made big messes. <laughs> All of us have made big messes. All of us have messed up. That's the only way I ever learn anything. I never learn anything from success. I always learn from the big mess I make and then the heartache afterwards. Have you ever said something about somebody and they found out? Have you ever done that? What's the first thing you say when you hear they found out what you said that you shouldn't have said anyway? You say, I'll never do that again. Did you? Huh? <laughs> sure you did. Did you ever tell a lie? Not you good people. <laughs> Little white one? And you got caught? <laughs> you know, I discovered I can't afford to lie because I can't remember them. <laughs> now, if you tell a lie, you got to tell the same lie to everybody you meet, see? But if you tell the truth, you can just forget it. <laughs> and that frees your mind up for better things. Now, that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, just preceding those verses, it says in Romans chapter 11, 
It says, all the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. All the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. And I want to just focus a minute on riches. And as, as you know, and I'm not ashamed, I just love to have pretty things. I like things. And money buys things, and so it's good to have money if you like things, because unless you steal them, that's the only way you can get them. <laughs> so I don't have any problem. But I think we have come to focus on riches as material possessions, what we have, what we have for retirement, what we have in the bank, what we have. And this verse says, the riches of God are, are knowledge and wisdom. Now there's a difference in knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is learning and getting the facts, and you become wise when you put them into practice. So you can learn, as I've said before, and I will say again, you can, can go through this whole series of Bible study and not change. But don't blame God. Don't tell me it doesn't work. Someone called one time and said, I've done all that, it didn't work. So I said, well then uh, something must be wrong with God. Oh, well, I didn't say that. Oh, I didn't say something was wrong with God. Well, you've done it all, it didn't work, it must be God. It's never God. So knowledge is what you learn. Wisdom is a result of putting what you've learned into action, into practice, experiencing it. Now what else does it say? Oh, it says, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? You see, he doesn't need a counselor. <laughs> because he knows everything. He knows everything about anything that you can know something about. So he didn't need counseling. And we can't figure out what he's doing. I think the September 11th thing, you know, how tragic that is. Tragedy struck our nation. We don't have a clue what God's doing. But I'll tell you what God's doing. <laughs> I've seen, I had a Bible class that morning scheduled for 10 o'clock. I had prepared. See, when I teach a class, I prepare, and then I think about my preparation for several days. I, I chew on it and think about it and eat on it. <laughs> and my son Mark called and said, Mom, turn on the television, and I turned on just to see that second airplane crash into that, that tower. Oh, I couldn't believe it. We just sat there. I'm sure you did too. We couldn't believe it. And so I said to my family, I'm sure nobody will come to the Bible class, but I'm going to go see if they're there. And so I got in my car. I couldn't believe the girls coming <laughs> down both sides of the streets and through the alleys. We had one of the largest classes. They came and they said, help us, tell us something. I had prepared a lesson the week before. I don't have ESP. I didn't know that was going to happen. My lesson was, the only thing you have to fear is that you won't trust God. And I told those girls that day, I said, you know, this is such proof that God is in control. Because that's the verse we were going to study. You don't need to fear what's going to happen. It's Hebrews chapter 4. The only thing you got to fear is that you don't trust God. How unsearchable are His ways. All the depths of the riches of the knowledge and wisdom of God. 
Uh, and then it ends by saying, for of him and through him and to him are all things. You see, everything comes from him. Everything comes through him. Everything comes to him. Everything is for him. I lived most of my life thinking everything was for me. What a shock to find out it wasn't. And then it says, therefore, I urge you, because of who he is, to submit your life to him. A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable, which is your reasonable service.